Welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Inkstar. Hey guys, and welcome to a special edition of Patriots Nation UK. I am your host, at Matt Inkster on Twitter, and you can find the Patriots Nation UK podcast over on Twitter also, at Pats Nation UK pod. This is a special edition with my guest, and I got the chance to grab this, so I did, basically. Um, so, the episode you've heard previously of the Eagles review, that is episode 31, in the Cowboys preview episode, um, with my special guest for there, you'll hear me introduce it as episode 32. Strictly that is not true, because this is a special episode that will go out in between. So this will be episode 32, and just ignore what I said at the start of the Cowboys preview episode that will come out later in the week, just before the weekend. Um, So with that being said guys, just remember to rate, review and subscribe. Tell your mum, your dad, your dog, whoever, will pick up a phone, an iPad, a computer and listen to the podcast. Any good Patriots fan, welcome. Any NFL fan in general, welcome. Without further ado, I'll pass over to my um, guest at this time and I'll catch you on the other side Hey guys, I'm delighted to be joined by um, someone who's a couple of podcasts I listen to on a regular basis and any Patriots fan listening to this, I advise you highly to go and do the same Um, I'm joined by a columnist for for at Pats fans that you can find that on Twitter for patsfans.com editor for um, specialoperations.com co-host of the Patriots 4th and 2 and at One Patriots Place on Twitter, that's a One Patriots Place podcast with the green monster himself, Mr Thomas Murphy <laughs> um, it is Mr Steve Balistrani, how's it going Steve? Hey, uh, everything's going really well and uh, hey, the Patriots at 9-1, and one, there's really not too much to complain about but uh, you know uh, I know fans here are a little bit spoiled in Boston so you know <clears throat> They, they look upon a close win as kind of a loss these days. <laughs> you say spoiled in Boston. I say spoiled the world over. And certainly <laughs> here in the UK, we feel that um, pain in, in inverted commas. Um, also, yeah. you know, my, myself and my colleague, uh, um, Nick, who do, does the, the podcast with me usually, he's um, on family business um, just now, so he can't make the call. But, you know, we, we sit here almost every week and just especially after Sunday's game and just almost, you know, you'd think we were four and six or three and seven, you know, we're, we're yeah. nine and one for crying out loud. You know? yeah. We shouldn't really be too downbeat on it, but we, we have been, I'll admit it. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, because I mean, we expect them to play at a Super Bowl level all the time because they've been playing at such a high level for so long. But, you know, I, I had to remind uh, Murph, our our mutual friend there, <clears throat> you know, we remember the times growing up when I was real young, I'm dating myself here, but the Patriots <laughs> were awful. They were awful when I was growing up and, uh, you know, a nine win season. I mean, those just didn't exist back then. So, um, you know, if they won six or seven games, we were ecstatic. And, uh, now we're used to them winning 13 and 14 and, you know, when they beat the Eagles, but not by a lot, we're looking at it as if, you know, they they have a lot of work to do. 
which, I mean, offensively they do. I think we can agree on that. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. It's definitely something um, that we can certainly agree on there. Um, but before we get into the season ahead, um, and I want to talk about, about the Eagles with you as well, is just how have you found this the season overall to date, starting from maybe not as early as the draft, but, you know, from going into training camp and the pre-season and, and in the season itself, how have you found it? How have you found that you think the rookies have bedded in and such like? Yeah, I mean, I was down there every day for mini camp and training camp and, uh, you know, to watch the rookies. It, it's tough because, you know, with the Patriots, they've been playing at such a high level and they have so many established veterans it's tough for the rookies to break in it really is but they've had a, a, a lot of problems with injuries with their rookies you know this year but you know the the big guy of course we were all watching this you know spring and summer was uh, Nikhil Harry their first round draft pick and the the wide receiver and I had really really high hopes for him coming out uh this summer because you know I, I was watching him and you know he's taking those baby steps with Tom Brady and you know uh during the special teams part of practice Brady and him would go off on a, another field by themselves and they'd work on their timing they'd work on their chemistry and certain routes that the Patriots obviously you know plan on ha having Nikhil Harry run so you know watching that and seeing that trust being built up I had really high hopes for Harry this year and then he got hurt and he missed half the season so now He's he's almost starting from scratch again, and it's it's going to take a while for him to to build that trust and chemistry back up with with Tom. But I think that you know by the end of the season he should be a big part of this offense. Yeah, I agree. It was uh, myself and Nick we were talking about um, earlier this week that, in my opinion, anyway, I think. <sighs> He was a lot more limited than we both expected uh, on Sunday past. But going forward, I can see him, you know, he just, I, I've said he just needs the confidence to build up. He needs the on-field experience. There's only so much in, in team meetings and, you know, being on a practice field that you can actually learn from. I think to, to be in a game time situation in front of a 50, 60, 70,000 seater stadium with especially the, the road game that they've just had that, you know, he needs that sort of mindset to be like, okay, it's game time. I'm, you know, a step up here. And it, all, it all just takes time. But unfortunately, it's a, on the flip side, he doesn't have that much time left before we're, I mean, we're almost into December already. And he's, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, it's I tough. Agree. he was certainly, um, uh, I think everyone was high in him. And it was just sad to see that he went hurt in non-IR for the, the length of time that he has done. Right. And, uh, you know, there was a few things that I saw, you know, uh, watching back at the tape on on Sunday. I mean, uh, you could see, you know, the some of the routes that they want to use him on. He's a very willing and he's uh, he, he looked like a pretty uh, good blocker in the running game. I saw <laughs> one play where, uh, you know, he cracked back on uh, Derek Barnett and he, he took him right to the ground. And, you know, that's one of the things the Patriots really pride their wide receivers on is blocking. And he, he certainly showed that. And I think, you know, with thir about I think it was 30 or 31 snaps he played on Sunday. You know, that was a good amount to get his feet wet. And I think, you know, we'll see more and more of him as the season progresses. 
In fact, against Dallas this week, I expect to see, you know, with especially they're having troubles in the red zone, and I'm sure we'll talk about that some more. But, yeah. you know, he, he's a guy that I think can really help them in the red zone. He's got the size. He's six foot four. He, he's, you know, he's got the body where he can box out and uh, defenders. And I think that's something that they'll try to use him on more and more as he, you know, gains a little more experience. Um, of course, and the leading on from that as well, that he was someone that was, and when Damaris Thomas was in the team as well, you know, there was the whole tight end dilemma, and the pair of them were going to be the ones that solved that dilemma. And as you say, he seems to be a good blocker from what we've seen on Sunday. He's six foot four, he's got the height, you know, he, he's someone that if he'd been playing this season so far, and I think we'll see it going forward in the red zone, I would be looking for him. And I thought Sanu would have done it on Sunday, but he, he didn't do it so much as what I would have liked of was, you know, those fade routes to the back end yeah. of the back corner of the end zone sort of thing where you generally find um, Gronk used to be that type of player um, last season and from seasons past. But wait and see, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and again, uh, you know, going back to this, to spring and summer, you know, when he would be that those one-on-one, you know, um, situations with Tom Brady where they were working, that's what we were watching. You know, they'd be working on the fade routes in the corner of the end zone, the the quick slants, and then, they, you know, the back shoulder throws to, to the sideline. You know, all the things they kind of used Josh Gordon with. And uh, I, th- I think we'll see more of that going forward. I really do. I think uh, – you know, I think they're really happy with Harry. I mean, obviously, they were disappointed that he was uh, injured, you know, this summer. But those type of things can happen. And, <clears throat> you know, but I think they like his attitude. You know, he's a humble kid. He's a big guy. And mm-hmm. uh, he's physical. And, uh, you know, he checks all the blocks that they like in a player. I think with with him and, and Wynn as well, you know, it's – a phrase I certainly use and seems to be um, it's a, a UK phrase and maybe used over there with yourself as well, Steve. But you know, shit happens and you just oh, yeah. deal with it and get on with it. You know, that's that's what happens. You know, he, yeah, the kid got exactly. injured unfortunately, <laughs> and and Bill especially know and and Tom they they know that you know these things happen. You've just they've done it. They've rebuilt numerous times, and I'm lucky enough and maybe not so lucky now in, in certain aspects that I've grown up that Manchester United have been my soccer team, Patriots been my football team that I've seen lots and lots of good times, not so much <laughs> yeah. with Manchester United now and that's maybe the way that New England are going to go eventually and I'm sure all the other fans will let us know about it as soon as it happens yeah. um, but you know if, my point being that they've rebuilt year on year or every two or three years. I mean, even this season, we, we went into minicamp with, what, Bruce Ellington as one of our receivers, mm-hmm. and now he's showing up at Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Training yeah. days, workout days, you know. that That's, even this season, the transitions we've gone through is unbelievable and probably unheard of in quite a lot of instances in, in other football teams. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, they, they brought in so many different wide receivers this, uh, this spring and summer. I mean, they, they were seeing who could stick and, you know, you mentioned Bruce Ellington and, you know, early in the, uh, 
in the summer um i'm drawing a blank right now Whoa. i have my my notes from the summer right in front of me but um <laughs> you know i because I, I, I kept my notebook from all the different practices and, and uh you know all the different wide receivers that they brought in and different tight ends it was like you know they had practice a revolving door eh? yeah yeah ryan davis braxton berrios um Maurice Harris, I mean, you know, all all of these guys were, you know, just uh, they were just seeing who fit and who didn't, and you know, uh, it, it was it, it was really interesting to see how it worked out, and uh, you know, some of the guys that we thought were going to stick, you know, uh, Maurice Harris had a really nice beginning of the training camp. Mm-hmm. That that was a guy I was drawing a blank on. You know, it seemed like in the beginning of training camp, Harris was going to be a, a starter, you know, and then he got injured and he came back and he just never really caught back on. But, you know, and that they tried different tight ends and they, they brought in a couple of veteran guys and it didn't work out. And now they have Ben Watson back and it's this is something they're used to going through and they're, they're just going to have to find. You know, and we went through this at just about the same point last year. They just have to find what works for them. Uh, Josh McDaniels will put the the packages in, and they'll go from there. I I think this year the offense is is very frustrating for all of them. Mm. And speaking about the offense, um, three things I was wanting to touch on with yourself is. First one, we'll go with the the happy-go-lucky story of, or maybe the the Erkin story in some instances that I've seen um, on Twitter today is the the Gronk Miami <laughs> Beach party. I mean, who who actually thought he was coming back to the team? Like, uh, you know, if if anyone really thought that, they would just uh, shame on them. As what I said, I was on a different uh, show earlier this morning and. I said something to that effect. I was like, if you really believed Gronk was coming back with this, you know, this uh, announcement he was going to make, shame on you because he's been saying all year long that he would have to feel it, and he wasn't feeling it coming back. And if Gronk was really coming back, as I told people today, the Patriots would have made an announcement. They were, they were holding a press conference at 9 o'clock and you wouldn't have heard it from Gronk. You'd have heard it from the Patriots. That's when he said he had an announcement. I, I knew it wasn't him coming back. No, no. And and I think he's he's in a good place right now. I think you know with all the injuries he's had, all the surgeries he's had, he's just in a good place, and he doesn't need to come back. And I I think he's happy in retirement. It seems that way. I would totally agree with that statement because. I can't remember, it must be a couple of months ago now, on the Patriots Off Topic podcast, he was on there um, promoting his ice shaker or whatever it is that um, (laughs) he's been trying to sell with one of his brothers. And he said there, he's actually dropped a ridiculous amount of weight because he was hanging on so much weight to be of that elk that, you know, he could be the blocking tight end, he could be the big guy that went up against the big guys on the line, etc., and he just felt it wasn't healthy in his suit. And, you know, we've all seen the pictures in the weeks after um, retirement that, you know, everyone's saying, oh, he's a, a stick-thin, skinny rake sort of idea in comparison to what he used to be. But he's, he's said himself he's a he- healthy person now. He's not 
football weight, he's not football healthy, he's just, you know, man that goes to the gym healthy, and good luck to him, I, I really hope this puts the the nail in the coffin that he's coming back, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, he just enjoys his retirement, and good luck to anyone that goes to his beach party in, in Miami in February. <laughs> well, you know, a, a funny Gronk story, a couple of years ago, um, we were approached by some of his people, and he was going to film some commercials for uh, one of the local banks here in in Boston, and they asked if we would go and we could spend the whole day with him while he was filming these commercials and and then pr- help promote this stuff when the commercials came out. So, which of course we agreed to it, and I I never laughed so hard because you know the the person you see on camera that's who he really is. It's not an act and. You know, at the end of the day, I, literally, my sides hurt from laughing all day long. And <laughs> and they were filming these commercials, and it was a really snowy, wintry day in Boston, and we were in this bank, and the windows were all fogged up. But as people would go by, they'd look in, and then they'd rub the, the window, and then they'd, you know, see Gronkowski in there. <laughs> and he was mugging for the people, you know, you know, in the window. It was just hilarious. It was really <laughs> funny. And uh, at the end, like I said, at the end of the day, you could tell, I mean, that's who he is. That's he's a happy go lucky. He's just like a really big kid. And he saved all his money from the NFL. He's set for life. I think he's just enjoying himself right now. Yeah, I think so. And um, towards the I can't remember which game it was that they had that Buck and Bronco celebration. And then he was in the press conference after being like, I want to talk about it. I'm not allowed to talk about it, but I really liked it. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, that's such a, I mean, so, some people are, that I talk to online and, and, and my friends group and stuff, and they're of the, the old fashioned sense that, you know, you just give a quick high five to the person that threw you the ball, i.e. the quarterback or whatever, and get back in line and get off the field. But I like all the celebrations and stuff. We're, you know, people pay good money to watch it on the TV or in in the stadium itself. And, you know, it's an entertainment. It's a sport. That's what it's there for. It's not just, you know, a bunch of Mormons walking around and, yeah. um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it's... Uh, it 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 shows their personality a little bit, and they they get to have a little fun, and, and why not? As long as they're yeah. not hurting anybody, and you know, you just exactly. let them go, you know. So, um, Kaepernick was the next one. I just wanted to get your your quick take on, on you know, was he actually going to? Is he going to get a team in the league? Is he going to make a comeback, or is this just yeah. like making more I, money I, for themselves? That's a great question because I, I, you know, just the way the NFL handled that to me, it seems so. I, 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 I can't use another word other than phony. I just, it seems so phony that they, mm-hmm. you know, after basically blocking him out and you know he's he's kind of persona non grata with the NFL, and then all of a sudden they were like, oh, we're gonna set up a, you know, a workout for you on a Saturday, which is a really bad day for. NFL, you know, uh, coaches and GMs because they're usually deep into the preparation for the game the next day. So, you know, those guys can't attend. And, and then, you know, he had two hours to decide whether he wanted to do it. They wouldn't 
even tell him who his receivers were going to be. It just, to me, it seemed like it was, I, I don't know, it seemed very fake. And shame on the NFL for that. I mean, you can agree with what he did. You can disagree. That's a story for another time. But, you know, the, uh, if if he wants to play in the NFL, and somebody should let him play. I just, you know, uh, he's been very successful at times, and he's been very unsuccessful later in his career. But, uh, you know, he's just one of those polarizing figures. I just didn't like you know, the way the NFL went about this whole thing. I just thought it was really bad. And then, of course, you know, he didn't help matters, I think, at the end. So, yeah, but we'll see how it all plays out. I think he'll end up being signed by somebody next year. I really do. Uh, I really hope so for his sake because he, he's not the worst. And he's, whether it's maybe to his own detriment that he, he maybe doesn't want to be a backup to someone, he sees himself as a starter. I don't know if he would get in as a starter, but even down the bare bones, I mean, we've got Cody Kessler currently on our roster, and mm-hmm. who's to say that he should be on a roster in comparison to Kaepernick? I wouldn't say that Kessler's better than Kaepernick, but no. as I say, that's Kessler's quite happy to muddle along and be that third-string guy that's never getting to see the time of day in a field. He just wants to be the scout guy and whatever, and get a little bit of money extra before he retires and fair play to the guy for that but with Kaepernick then I can't see him doing that role which is no. maybe to his or as I say maybe to his detriment that and you know baby steps take it from being in Kessler's position to then being in Stidham's position to then being QB1 but he's got a finite amount of time in his career left I guess as well but especially that's three years down the road that he's not getting back either no, and that, that's a great point. I mean, he's 33 now, so, you know, he's he's getting to that point now where, you know, most quarterbacks, they're after that age, with the exception of guys like Tom Brady, you know, their, their career starts to go down a little bit after that age. And, uh, you know, if, if, he was, if he was smart, I would think he would go to a team as a backup. I mean, how many backup quarterbacks have we seen start this year? There's been quite yeah. a few. You know, and I think he's going to get a chance to play. And yeah, uh, and and good quarterback play is really difficult to come. I mean, we've seen, you know, a lot of guys get hurt and then some guys didn't play well and got replaced. So, you know, I think if, if he was willing to do that, I think the chances of him getting back in the NFL would be much higher. And I think uh, his chances of playing would be really high as well. I mm, know. <clears throat> I was just thinking, even further afield with the the CFL and the XFLs coming back into fruition next year, he could even certainly get a a job in any of those teams, I think. But he wants to be an NFL backup at the very least. So again, does that maybe his personal choices go against him, sort of thing? But I think uh, I, I just want I was wanting to get a quick take, and I think we've gone past what a quick take actually is. <laughs> so, um, the other thing that sort of has came. Uh, News um, in recent hours, I guess, is the um, Antonio Brown. Uh, where do you yeah. even start with that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny because now that uh, <clears throat> now that Gronk isn't coming back, I think fans now they're already jumping on the bandwagon. They want Antonio Brown back. I just don't see that happening. I think you know after 
that that last incident, I think the Patriots were willing to to give him the benefit of the doubt with the original mm-hmm. charge that his former trainer had made against him. It, it, at that point, it was kind of like a he said, she said type of situation, and they were willing to put up with it, you know, as long as he showed up, worked hard, which that part of the equation he did do. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he fit into the offense really well, as you've seen that game in Miami. <clears throat> but, um, you know, when, when he's made that last tweet about intimidating a witness and, you know, that's the, the kind of stuff uh, I know that burned his bridge with Robert Kraft. And then, you know, he tweeted at Robert Kraft. And although he apologized today, I, yeah, don't, was... I, I don't see him coming back here at all. And honestly, no. I, I even if a team signed him today, I think he's going to end up immediately on the commissioner's exemplist, which we've kind of heard rumblings about. If anyone signs him, that's what they're going to do. And I think fans need to remember that. I I think if anyone signs him, he's going right on the exemplist anyway. Yeah, he's he's completely taken the league into disrepute, especially, as you say, for that last sort of interchange of messages that came to light that he was almost harassing and badgering the person to, you know, retract anything that they've said and uh, and such like that was picked up on and yeah he'll go straight on that exempt list and whatever signing you think you've just made you've just not made probably hours later by the time goodell hears about it it'll be he'll be straight on the, the case of that one and so going back to the actual new england patriots themselves um we kind of talked about it at the at the top there about you know, the derisory towards a 9-1 season to date, especially after Sunday's performance of such a close game that in the second half just became a punt-a-thon, I guess is one phrase for it. What, what did you make of the game itself against the Eagles? <clears throat> yeah, I think, you know, they, they had uh, they had their struggles offensively. They have been for quite a while now. Uh, I, I think that Josh McDaniels pulled out all the stops you know, we saw him earlier in the game, he, him and Tom, uh, they were diagramming a play that they thought would would be able to work, and then they went over to the running backs, and the, they talked to them, and immediately the first play, you know, they, they diagrammed a new play, and James White catches the pass, and, you know, they, they got a nice gain on it. You know, I, I think McDaniels is doing whatever he can to be as creative as he can to help this offense out. Uh, we saw they went to the up-tempo early in the third quarter. That's when they got their only touchdown. You know, they had a little bit of trickery there with the Julian Edelman pass. I think, you know, right now with with the offensive line struggling as it is, and it's not just Marshall Newhouse, I think <laughs> they're struggling everywhere on the offensive line. You know, I think that's, that's a big factor. They really miss Rob Gronkowski, not only, uh, you know, in the passing game, but as you mentioned earlier, in the in the running game as a blocker, him and Dwayne Allen last year, they were like having two extra tackles when they, had, you know, those those running plays. So they really missed that as well. And then James Devlin. So it was a snowball effect. And I think one of the other issues that they have is they have a lack of team speed at the wide receiver position. They have very good possession guys: Mohamed Sanu, Julian Edelman, Philip Dorsett. Um, you know, I think Nikhil Harry will be obviously there as well. 
but they don't have that one kind of guy that, you know, if your team sells out on a blitz, say, and they, they're going to bring the house on the zero blitz like the Patriots do. They don't have that one guy that the other team is afraid of. Well, if he catches a five-yard slant, he's gone. They did have that with yeah. Antonio Brown for one game. But other than that, they that's a thing that I think really hurts them right now. <clears throat> mm, I think the, the, the running game I want to see kick on from now until the end of the season, hopefully win might help that a little bit and oh yeah we'll we'll see if you know as we've talked about with harry being quite quite the blocker and sanu he's got the the height and strength to to be that type of receiver as well that he can put in some blocks and such like they i want to see the running game kick on but also obviously with what we've covered as well is about the receivers well i want to see that start to come to fruition a bit better and you're right the McDaniels is doing the best with what he's got and what myself and Nick have mentioned in the in our review of the Eagles game is that Brady's worked with a lot of turds <laughs> throughout the, his time and Dobson and Tompkins were two that kind of came to mind and how he's not just you know he always seems to get the best out of whoever he's playing with. And it's just not clicking for whatever reason just now. And you could see that in his presser afterwards, that he's just really frustrated right now. Is that, is, would, would you agree with that, that that's what he's, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I, think he's, he, 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 I think he's really frustrated right now. And I think it's, you know, it's that snowball effect. I mean, the offensive line isn't giving him time to throw. He, he has to get rid of the ball really quickly right now. So, you know, even when some of these guys can get open down the field, they, they're not able to take as many shots as they'd like to, you know. Um, and I, I think the running game and, the, you know, it, it all kind of snowballed effect on them. I think that Tom is really frustrated right now because, you know, the offense, they don't have an identity right now. They're not really a running team. They're not really, you know, a down the field team. They're just kind of, you know, doing whatever they have to do to get by right now. And I, I think, you know, that's very frustrating for him because he's used to competing at an extremely high level while he's been here. And so, you know, I think getting Isaiah Wynn back is going to help. I think that he'll help solidify things a little bit on the offensive line. And, of course, the more that Harry gets involved, and he'll help with some of the offensive woes, I think. You know, we'll probably see more if he can stay healthy of Rex Burkhead. We saw a little bit on Sunday because he gives that versatility. You know, um, you know, when Sony Michelle's in there, usually it means a run. With Burkhead, he's not as good as runner as Sony. He's not as good a pass receiver as James White, but he can do a, a little bit of both. I think he's really good at that. McDaniels really likes him, and I think we'll see more of Rex Burkhead moving forward where they'll, you know, sometimes they'll bust a run inside with him or throw a little shovel pass to him. Like we saw on Sunday. I think we'll see more of that. They have to get more creative down the stretch. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you're right enough. Uh, it's a question that comes up quite a lot is in regards to teams is who are they? And we, we just don't know, especially with the offense. We just don't know who the, the New England Patriots are right now and we need something to start gelling and clicking and you know getting by 
against the Eagles is okay, but we've got a tough stretch of games coming up over, over the next few weeks before finishing off with the divisional games. And we've got, you know, we need to, we can't get by on 17 points against the Chiefs or, you know, a team like that, especially going into the playoffs as well. We need to start scoring more points and actually just being more dominant in games is something that I think has kind of been lacking in, in recent weeks. And But again, the, the Cowboys is another, it's another game, it's another week, it's any given Sunday as the the phrase is. And so looking <laughs> at the Cowboys um, coming up this, um, well, Sunday Sunday night for us, Sunday afternoon for yourself. Um, how how do you see us attacking that game? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Dallas will present a uh, a tough tough matchup for them. I mean, they run the ball really well. They've been throwing the ball extremely well. They have really good wide receivers. Dak, Dak Prescott, I think, threw for four hundred and forty something yards on Sunday. So, I mean, they they can throw, they can run. You know, he's a mobile kind of guy. So the defense is going to have their hands full, and I don't think you're going to hold Dallas to 10 points on Sunday. So that means the offense is going to have to get get better. And their defense is kind of middle of the road. It's it's not great in one any area, but um, I think they're, they're pretty good. I think you can throw on this team. But it all comes down to the protection then. I mean, can you protect Tom Brady? And give him time to, you know, let these plays develop and get open. Hopefully with the Isaiah win back, we're going to see more of that. And if, if they can hold up pass protection, then, yeah, I, I believe that, you know, we'll see some more down the field stuff against them. Those uh, intermediate plays, which we haven't seen a lot of, they've been there. You know, they hit a couple on Sunday with uh, Ben Watson down the seam, Julian Edelman. You know, uh, they and then they just missed a couple of connections, but you know the win might have had something to do with that as well. But if if the protection holds up with Tom, I think you will see a lot more of those intermediate type passes against Dallas's defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, and I think the establishing the run early is going to be a good thing for us as well because you know they've given up four touchdowns to Aaron Jones. They have been quite susceptible to the run in general. Mm-hmm over the course of the season so far. So I think from, you know, this is a perfect game to get Michelle more involved. He was, I mean, you know yourself, his his, con, his yards after contact was shocking for the first, what, maybe six weeks of the season. It's only in the last few weeks that he's managed to actually sort of start bulldozing people again. And what you've mentioned before about us, we've been quite one-dimensional and it was something that I was always looking for us to, progress from from last year you know Michelle's in the game it's a run White's in the game it's a RPO pass catching type of play we need to get away from that and we saw that in some of the early games that Mm -hmm. Brady was trying to throw to Michelle and then he dropped a couple and the the confidence erode quite quickly and maybe that's something that they'll get back to starting on Sunday and then going forward I think as you're right if we get the protection then you know Sunu had a shocker of a game on Sunday. I can't. He, he can't be that bad again. Yeah, um, yeah. Two catches for four yards. I mean, we didn't expect to see that on Sunday. No, not at all. And you know, he's meant, meant to be wide receiver two 
really, um, I guess. And, you know, that's not what you expect from your wide receiver too, especially after um, if the the Cowboys against the Lions last weekend, their two wide receiver twos went for about 140 yards apiece and <laughs> yeah. a touchdown each. So we're going to need to score points and we're going to need to build up a lead because um, something else I was going to ask you about also going looking at Sunday and going forward is our run defence. It's something that I've been concerned about for a number of weeks and with coming up against Zeke on Sunday, how do you think they might handle him? Yeah, I mean, you know, in early in the game when the uh, Eagles had that that 95-yard, almost 10-minute drive, um, you know, I was starting to worry a little bit about the run defense, but they made some they made some changes. They made some adjustments. We saw Belichick talking to the defense after the, that drive, and then they really did a great job of shutting down the Eagles' running game. And I think moving forward, I think they're going to get away from, like, that two-gapping, you know, style where they're a little bit more passive uh, in the run game and they try to read, you know, where the offense is going. I think, um, you know, moving forward and especially this week against the Cowboys who have a good offensive line, then obviously with Ezekiel Elliott, <clears throat> they have a great running back. But I think with with a guy like him, you have to attack those gaps. And we saw some of that, uh, Lawrence Guy, Danny Shelton, doing some of that on Sunday night. And I think that's what you have to do with this Dallas team is you have to attack those gaps. You have to penetrate and make some penetration into the backfield where, where you know, you want to be hitting him before he gets up, a, you know, head of steam into the second level. Because when he does that, he's going to chew you up. And I think if you can hit him in the backfield and disrupt their flow a little bit, I think that'll go a long way. Of, I don't think you'll shut down the run against Dallas, but you can slow it down. Yeah, I think if we get other, if we get a game on Sunday like we did against the Bills and the Browns, where yeah, okay, Chubb got 120 odd yards, I think it was, but it was mainly between, you know, between the the 30s sort of mm-hmm. range. You know, he didn't. I'm I'm happy with that. You know. Be soft on them a little bit, but when it comes down near the red zone or, you know, 30 yards out, then, you know, hit them hard, get them in the backfield, try and force fumbles and turnovers and such like and take it from there. I'm quite happy for Zeke to have, if you look at the box score on Monday, then it's, he's hit 150 yards, but zero touchdowns and, you know, wasn't really effective in any other way apart from running from his own 20 to his own 50. Yeah. And so I, I'll take that. And um, your keys to the game is something that, uh, and your, yourself and Marf, it's always something I look forward to every week. Um, and it's something I'd urge others to, to check out as well, for sure. And um, I'll, I'll let you plug that at the end, for sure, before I let you go. Um, but just looking forward to the actual, the rest of the season itself, do you have a rough idea how you think? think it might play out with the games remaining and then towards the playoffs and dare, dare I say Miami or what, what's your <laughs> thoughts so far just now as it stands? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I'm looking at the defense. I, I think the defense is really, really good. This is one of the best defenses I've seen in the Belichick era. And, you know, we'll see how it, it, it plays out after these next, you know, group of games where they're facing some really, really tough competition 
But I, I really think that the defense is the strength of the team right now. So I, I think the defense is going to keep them in every game. I think, you know, the offense, I, they're, they're going to figure it out. They're going to, um, it might not be as potent as it we're used to seeing, but I think they're going to figure it out. I think they're going to do quite well in these games. I, you know, I could see them, um, you know, maybe losing one of these next few against Dallas, the Texans, the Chiefs, and maybe dropping one of those three. But I, I really think they're going to be okay. I, I do. They always seem to get it figured out. And Belichick is, is great at, at making adjustments. I just think, you know, when uh, you know, you're looking at the playoffs, if they have to face Baltimore again, I think they'll be a much more prepared team this time around. If, if there's no such thing as a good loss, but it was better that they faced that offense when they did, because if you you don't see them during the regular season and then you're seeing them for the first time in the playoffs, it could it could be a rude awakening as we saw in Baltimore that night. So I think you know mm-hmm. looking forward, I think Baltimore, Kansas City, I think those are the two teams you really have to worry about. I think they can handle everyone else in the AFC. I think either of those two teams are really capable of beating anyone at any time. The Chiefs' defense is is still really poor, I think. Uh, so we'll have to see how the, how it all plays out. But I feel real good about this team because, I mean, they've been to the last three Super Bowls. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, I think they're going to be okay. I, I'm not overly concerned right now. We'll see how the offense plays out. But I, I think we're in a good place. Mm, definitely. I, I'm cautiously optimistic myself. And, I think we can take Dallas on Sunday. We can take the Texans. The other testing game that we've got, um, maybe the Bills possibly, if some people call that testing, but it's obviously the Chiefs. If we lose that one, then it was a a term uh, Mr. Murphy used a few weeks ago that I liked. I I had a wee chuckle to it was the talking morons. Um, <laughs> I, I think they'll get back on the bandwagon oh again, and, and the league darling himself, Mr. Mahomes, he'll be MVP and all the rest of it. Same as what we faced last week after the, uh, or two weeks ago after the the Ravens game. It was just, it's always the same after one of these types of losses. You know yourself is, oh, it yeah. can be quite almost unbearable at times, and you're like, oh, hey, we we beat the Pats and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wait. You know, you're, you're, you're a. Who do you support again? All oh, right, the Raiders. Cool. That's great. You know, <laughs> you were irrelevant like 30 years ago. So you know, pipe down a little bit. Um, oh yeah, it, it, and you know, it's really bad here in the states. I mean, you know, the television is full of it, and everyone wants to be the you know, the first person to say, "This is it for New England." And we we go through this every year. As soon as they lose a game, you know, they they all these shows that are run i don't know if you pick them all up over in england i watch we have the con yeah yeah we have all of these sports talk shows i don't even watch any of them anymore because they're all they've gotten ridiculous and they they just rub their hands with glee this is it this is it brady's done the patriots are done you know we're finally through with them they're not a good team anymore i mean we hear this every year as soon as they lose a game yeah and uh you know and then they'll they'll talk about them, and they're talking about them again today. You know, oh, 
the, the, this team, no one's afraid of them anymore. Well, if you're afraid of someone oh, in the so NFL, fine. then you don't belong in the NFL. And that's no. the way, you know. Exactly. It was, uh, the, the only one I kind of, it's on when I'm at work a lot, but because the time difference in that, but the one that I generally tend to watch if I'm off or um, it's on and reruns later in the day is um, Good Morning Football. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes them, uh, I mean, Burleson should know better some of the time. And even <laughs> he comes out with absolutely ridiculous statements now and again. And then even on the, you know, the CBS kickoff shows on a Sunday morning, well, so Sunday afternoon with himself, Sunday morning with you, um, what's that? But the likes of Kellerman and um, oh. Bayless and everything, I just don't even bother. I don't even want to give them the time of day whatsoever because it's, okay, it's in a, it, it, we're in a sort of technolo- technological millennial age now where it's all sort of clickbait and, you know, yep. newspapers are more a thing of the past than, what they were years ago and but radio figures are up in jet well over here radio figures are up quite a lot and um i don't know if these alexas and google homes and stuff or something to do with that possibly but yeah the to back up what you've just said the likes of kellerman and bayless and all those those lot they just they're, they're too nippy and give me a sore head so i don't even bother watching it or <laughs> yeah. listening to it oh kellerman and rob parker and Nick Wright, they're just absolute dregs of journalism today. And it's like, you know, it's, you just get so tired of hearing it. That's why I don't watch any of it anymore. I really don't. You know, there, there's a bunch of podcasts that I really like. Uh, uh, some of them by ex-players like Matt Chatham, who played for the Patriots. You know, if you, if you love football and you want to hear football talk, I really suggest you you tune into Matt Chatham's podcast uh, okay. He does he does a great one, and he breaks down the games and he talks about and he'll make fun of these hot take artists, and uh, he doesn't spare them <laughs> any. So uh, you know when one guy told him one of those hot take artists called him a nobody, and I was like you know he won three Super Bowls and you've never played a down in the NFL but he's a nobody. So, yeah, was it last week he was on the show? Yeah, yeah, we had Matt yeah. on last week. Yeah, that's what I thought. As soon as you said the name, I thought, ah, that, that's who was on last week. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed um, him being on the show. He was, uh, I was meaning to check out his podcast. I just haven't had the time yet because there's so many other ones I listen oh, to. Yeah. A lot of uh, it's a, a big growing scene over here in the in the UK, um, the podcast community, and there's a bunch of us. We try and help each other out by listening to each other's podcasts and giving feedback and you know where we can improve and what what we do well and such like so some of the time is taken up with doing that sort of thing for for buddies of mine and but i always like picking up new ones that i'm i'm not aware of and matt was certainly one that i wanted to, to check out um soon oh, yeah. I mean, sure. you know and he has that he has that built-in you know uh he he has you know that that the entire built-in you know versatility like you know he he's he's a media guy now but he played under bill belichick he he won three super bowls with the patriots so he knows football and he knows this team and you know like when he's down a training camp in the summer i always try to sit if not right next to him really close to him because i listen to what he's saying because you know he's looking at it from a different eye perspective 
you know, we're mm. looking at it. We're trying to see how everything works together. He's looking at it from the player's perspective. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're in this defense. This is what they're trying to do right now. And, you know, he can tell you exactly what's going on. I always call it when he's on with Murph and I football one one because it's mm. like you're taking us back to school, you know, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, yeah, that's, I just love it. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of guys I like to listen to. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the hot take guys. So Yeah, no, I'm the same, definitely. And uh, next time, just sit in his knee and see what he says. He might, he might, he might enjoy it. You never know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but that that's, uh, but no, you're right. And um, that's why I like and enjoy listening to Mark Schofield as well, because um, his Love new Mark. show he's doing yeah. for um, Pat's Pulpit, uh, and, and I usually get it on a Monday morning from a, um, when I'm going to work and you know he breaks down the game and some some people might find it boring because they're not quite up to speed with it but I find it interesting because he breaks down the X's nose he, he tells you what you know what he expected to happen what actually did happen and I guess that's maybe why Romo is so sort of revolutionary in the broadcast booth because they've not had anyone really I mean obviously Troy Aikman was um, a great player in his day, but he doesn't do it anywhere near as justice as what, well, in my opinion, anyways, to what Rome was doing it these days. He's a breath of fresh air at the broadcast booth, um, in my mind. But yeah, the likes of Mark, and um, I'll, I'll definitely check out Matt's work now as, um, as well. That I like listening to those kind of guys rather than, you know, other ones. That's why I like listening to yourself and Murph and. Uh, <laughs> Mark locked on as well. I'll, I've, um, I've not, I've not actually listened to um, today's episode that you were on with Mike earlier on. It's um, again the time difference. It, it comes out here about five p.m. I think it is roughly. It usually drops every day, so it's generally the, tomorrow morning I'll listen to it. Um, so I've not listened to yourself and Mike yet, but. Murph cracks me up, and that's why one between yourself and him, you, the pair you crack me up. I like listening yeah. to one Patriots place for sure. Yeah, Murph, Murph he's a character, and uh, you know, uh, I've known him for quite a few years, and I, he's been to my house, and it's just like it's never ends. He's funny, he knows his stuff, and we're actually we're total opposites, but I think that helps us. Uh, that's probably why we get along so well. So um, yeah, it's always fun with him and attract, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we have a good show lined up with uh, Mike Petralia from CLNS. Mike's another great one. Uh, he knows his stuff. He's a real low key guy, but very knowledgeable, and one of the nicest mm. people in the business. Yeah, I like listening to uh, um, Trags and Evan over there. They they've got some good stuff, and the uh, Evan's Twitter his breakdown of the of film tape and stuff on there is always a, a good if there's a for any listeners that that you've not checked out Evan Lazar on Twitter yet, then um he's another one I would certainly recommend. And the C L N S guys in general, they've all they always produce good work as well. It's, um it's another one I like to follow in terms of Patriots news because it it basically you guys to me weed out all the bullshit and all the the hype and the clickbait and such have you that we've we've talked about um you guys weed that all out you just get down the black and white and say this is it this is what's happening this is what's probably not happening and we're wrong we're wrong we'll 
get back to you and we'll hold our hands up and admit we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No one's right all the time. I mean, we're wrong a lot. I mean, you know, uh, but that's that's the beauty of it. And, you know, we, we love football and that's why we got into this. And we want to talk about football. We want to, you know, write about football and discuss it. And we want to discuss it with like-minded people, the whole hot take and stuff and, you know, the trash talk. And I, I can do without that. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, it, that doesn't interest me at all. And uh, I don't care for it. So if, you know, when people come on, I just, whatever, ignore them. That's the end of that. You know, yeah. if, pe- if people want to discuss something, they think, well, I didn't agree with you. I, hey, that's fine. I, the, you know, let's discuss it in a rational manner, but yeah, give me reasons I'm, why. Yeah, but uh, social media that doesn't happen much anymore. No, unfortunately, not. It's all just look at me, look at me, look at what I'm doing, and go f the rest of you, really. Um, in a lot of cases, and it's quite sad. Yeah, um, yep. it, it, because Twitter and social media in general has got a lot of good, and it's you know. I wouldn't be talking to you right now without the exactly. social media. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. That That's good right there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're, here we are talking, what, about 3,000 miles apart, you know, and we're recording a podcast, you know, on different sides of the ocean, which is, that's the great part of social media. Yeah, but, you exactly. Know, but you get these people who are... Uh, I, I consider them small people and, you know, they get behind a keyboard and they get really brave and, uh, you know, and then they say things that they would never dream of saying to someone's face to face, you know, but Hey, that's the world we live in right now. Yeah. That's no, if you, if as my mom always said, if you've not got something good to say, don't say anything at all. And <laughs> it's, it definitely holds true, especially with all the, these, trolls and such like and I, there's i mean to completely off topic just before i let you go steve there's um there's a girl in the uk she was i don't know if you've got something similar over in the states but there's a show over here that you might have seen called Gogglebox, and basically it's you watch a telly show about people watching telly shows <laughs> it sounds bizarre and stupid and dumb and it kind of is but it was Something, but anyway, they get, one of the girls. She's made her name from being one of the stars of this telly show. So now she like does presenting in bits and pieces and writes articles and columns in the you know entertainment magazines and that kind of thing. And she tweeted the other day or on her Instagram or something. I saw it that someone took the time and effort to write a letter and send it to her, calling her fat, ugly, so and so, and all the rest of it under <laughs> the sun. <laughs> right, that took more time and effort than the tweets that 140 characters or whatever you get now um, takes. How how could you be arsed and bothered with the effort of doing such a vicious manipulative thing to someone because you don't like them that much? It's just <laughs> absolutely ludicrous. It is. I mean, you know, it's like you know, if there's somebody that I don't like on television, then I don't watch them. I don't yeah, care, you know. If I don't like someone, then I, I really don't care what their opinions are, and and uh, I just don't watch them. I don't listen to them, or if they're on the radio, and that way there, it's like I'm I'm not being surprised because there there's a couple of radio hosts here in Boston that are they have the number one radio show in Boston, 
but they're always negative about everything and and mm. people tune in every day to be outraged by the latest thing that they're saying and i was like what what do you really expect i mean this <laughs> is their gig this is how they've made themselves very successful and by being negative about everything especially the patriots you know and why are people i mean why are they upset at this point you know what you're getting from them if you you know if you listen this is what you're getting and i don't understand it so i don't really care for them i don't care for their shtick so i don't listen and it doesn't bother me they can go right on and they're very successful they're making a boatload of money because they're the number one show in boston but it doesn't bother me anymore because i don't i don't pay any attention to them yeah, exactly. There's a drive time show on one of the sports radio stations here that's a, a similar thing. It took me a long while to realise that, well, I assume to be the case, that the person being negative about stuff all the time, that is just, he's gone into the, the pre-production meeting and just being like, right, you know, this is my role, this is what I'm going to do, I'm the negative Nelly, I'm the one that's going to, like, dick on everything, and you know, that is my stick and that's what I'm going to stick to. And then we've got the other co-host who's like, oh, no, you shouldn't be like that. This is why we should be positive about it. And, <laughs> you know, people get on the guy's back all the time. I'm just like, have you not realised he's just doing this because, you know, that's his thing and that's how you guys are all sitting, phoning in and making the station pockets of money. But each to their own and that's, uh, that's we could spend all night talking about that so, yeah. but but Steve I've, I've had an absolute blast just just before I let you plug everything um, that you do I wanted to say thank you for your service sir um, I know it's for the the US but you know we all fight the same war against um, the, the other the other side if you will um, so thanks very much for that and the floor is yours my friend go out, plug one Patriot's place and all the rest of that Oh, yeah. And, and thank you. I appreciate that. No, I, I you know, uh, when I was in the service, uh, I was in the, the Army Special Forces and I had a I had a great career. I loved it. And I, I still write about that. As you mentioned earlier, I used to be the editor at specialoperations.com. That was a small part of a big site. And they've, they've just folded it all in together now. But that's called now softrep.com. And uh, actually, one of our guys who does a a daily uh, video cast is from the UK. He was in SAS, Big Phil Campion. And okay. Phil, yeah. yeah Phil, Phil does a almost daily uh, video uh, for soft rep, and Phil's a great dude. I, I love listening to his stories. Um, but, yeah, I do that. And, uh, obviously, I write about the Patriots, which we've been talking about. I write for patsfans.com. I do a podcast for Pats fans called Patriots Fourth and Two with uh, Russ Goldman and Derek Havens. And and as we were mentioning earlier, I do one Patriot Place podcast with Murph. I do that just because Murph and I are close and we've been doing it for so long that, you know, now it's like, uh, you know, going to family dinner when we get together. So it's always a pleasure. But thank you for having me. And I really appreciate the invite. And I uh, hope to get over there again uh, to the UK and visit soon. Uh, if any time you're over and you're um, up my neck of the woods, the door is always open. I'll put a, 
the kettle on for a cup of tea or coffee and you can always um, even stay for dinner if you want because oh, that's, that's the, awesome. the type of person I am and hopefully it'll be sooner than later because my I've my bet is that the Patriots will be over in London for one of the games next year but I might be wrong on that we'll, we'll wait and see because I've been a quick story just before I let you go is in 2012 the last time they were over against the Rams um, I had tickets for the game and I actually sold them and gave them up essentially because I'd got engaged about six months previous to that and then decided that I couldn't go and spend hundreds of pounds on a lads weekend and I had to use that money towards the towards saving for the wedding itself and then I've sort of regretted it ever since <laughs> no, because I thought they would actually be over sooner than not that regretting the saving for the wedding just that I thought they'd be over sooner than they were but that's seven years removed now and they've still not been across so I'm hoping next year they might actually be back so if that's the case um, hopefully you'll be across for that and we can get a couple of pints uh, in a London pub somewhere yes that would be wonderful I mean I, I had a wonderful time in fact when uh, last time I was in England uh, there was a couple of American former soldiers and we went with some British former soldiers we went on a boys trip to South Africa for a month and we spent about five days in London before we went and then we went to South Africa and came back and we spent about three more days in London before you know my friend and I went home and that was a trip for the ages. I'm here to tell you. Do I detect a Do I detect a northern accent with you? Uh, Scottish. Scottish, exactly. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. I, I thought I detected yeah. a, Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Scotland. I, I'm based in. That's where. Well, I, I grew up partly there, and in, in outside in the, the outside of the city and the, the countryside. But yeah. Right up in the, the tip of the northeast of Scotland. Oh, wow. That's way up there. Yeah, in Aberdeen. Right on the coast, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we've got the, the oil capital of Europe, as the as they say. Where, uh, I can see the sea from my, my uh, house. And Beautiful. That's I am to it. So it's a, it's a lovely view um, out here. And we're near this part of the, the city. It's um, quite a lot of cliffs down towards an old fishing village type harbour. Um, area so it's it reminds me a bit of home because my home's a bit of um 40 odd miles away from here for my mum and dad still stay so um no it's it's home it'll always be home i tried moving away and i've come back again so yeah (laughs) i don't think i'm going anywhere anywhere again anytime soon but no thank you very much steve Uh, we'll maybe catch up again before the, the season's finished hopefully talking about um the road to Miami and uh, all good things going down south to, to Florida. But um, until then, but you know, take care, bud, and we'll we'll catch up soon. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me again. I, I really appreciate it. Well, guys, that was Mr. Steve Balistrani of One Patriots Place and Patriots Fourth and Two PatsFans.com. Um, you'll find them on twitter also um bear with me because he is at steve b 7 sfg that's steve bravo 7 sierra foxtrot golf you'll find him over on twitter on there that's his own personal account but they've also got one patriots place um patsfans.com and patriots fourth and two with russ goldman and 
another host whose name I forget. I apologise. Um, it is quite late when I'm recording this, so again, apologies. But I've waffled on far too much at the outro of this, so just um, remember, rate, review and subscribe. PatriotsNationUK.com, at Matt Inkster, at the underscore panic, at PatsNationUKPod. And we'll see you, um, I guess you'll hear from us again for the Cowboys review. But until then guys, just remember, do your job as there are no days off.